0: Don't be afraid to tell your story. It's your story, but it's also the story of your customers. It's the story of your industry. It's the story of your trends. So just step into that and be okay. And not every story you tell is going to land, but get out there and really kind of test and see what connects with your audience. You might be surprised at what they really grab
1: onto. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us today is our special guest co-host. It's Jules Taggart from julietaggartstudio.com and soon to be JulesTaggart.com. Hey, Jules. Hey, how are you? Hey, so Jules, you got a new site coming up. Tell us about that real fast.
2: I do. I am in the process of launching a new site after having the same site for too many years. So (laughs) it's time. I'm very excited.
1: I'm sure there's more than one listener that can relate to that. In fact, I can relate to that. And then, of course, joining us is our official co-host. Joining us from Maui, Hawaii, Aloha, Kamanzi Constable.
3: Aloha, Jared. And if you're listening to this and you're on the East Coast or somewhere, I'm really sorry about the weather.
0: <laughs> Did you have to bring that up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoops. Now there's uh, some people that are going to deliberately not listen to this until August. <laughs> so, All right. So today we're fortunate to have Maggie Patterson. She is our guest She is a communication strategist who works with entrepreneurs to help them tell their story in an original way that gets business results. She's been featured on leading websites, including The Huffington Post, Virgin.com, Duct Tape Marketing, Yahoo, Small Business, and more. Maggie is the host of the Marketing Moxie podcast, and you can learn more about Maggie by going to maggiepatterson.com. Maggie, we are ready to have intelligently crafted communication. Welcome to the show. Thank
0: you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and connect with you guys and the listeners. And we will try to keep this as intelligently communications as possible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've already failed because I'm the host. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, We are thrilled to have you, Maggie. One of the things we always ask every guest is kind of an icebreaker. It's a fun question. What is the best concert that you have ever been to?
0: Oh, my gosh. See, I knew this question was coming and I still haven't decided, but it's probably a Dave Matthews band concert. I'm a super, super fan of Dave Matthews band. And um, in that moment, I was really in my very first corporate job. And I thought, oh, my gosh, in my alternate life, I'm getting a VW van and following Dave and the band around North America. I didn't quit my job, though, until a little bit later, and I have yet to follow the Dave Matthews band around. It could still happen.
1: It could still happen. And maybe it should. I think one question Kamanzi has is, is what song no, does Dave Matthews sing from Taylor no, Swift? You have <laughs> If any. Oh,
0: he's to. always about the Taylor Swift, isn't he? Yeah,
3: man, we got to break the streak. That's like every episode.
2: Is it the
0: Red well,
3: Lipser do-
2: or what is it about Taylor?
3: <laughs> oh, No. Let me tell the starved adults listeners, let me clear this up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I am a huge Taylor Swift fan because I am a writer first and podcaster second. Dong, dong, dong. But
1: I love the way <laughs>
3: Taylor Swift writes music. It's from the heart, it's really deep, it's not fluff, and she doesn't care what anybody else thinks.
1: Oh, these are all good reasons. And of course, Taylor Swift kind of, some could argue, looks like Jules Taggart. So, Jules, (laughs) will you kick off this interview here with Maggie?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, Maggie, let's start with this. I know one of the things I love about you is that you are a feel the fear and do it anyway type of person. Has that always been the case? You know, I really, really thought about
0: that a lot because I've been reading a lot about fear lately. And I actually think that I am just literally hardwired that way. I kind of think overcoming the fear is like a muscle. So, you just keep you need to keep doing it. And I was thinking back to high school a few days ago and I was laughing to myself because I was the girl that was always friends with all guys. But if I liked a guy, I would just be like, Hey, I like you. Do you like me back? No. Okay. We're still, we're good. So I don't really know, like, I don't really have a fear of the outcome of what's going to happen. I just go ahead anyways, because I'd rather just do it and get it out of the way. I love that.
3: So Maggie, (laughs) and that's had to have been interesting with your relationships growing up, huh?
0: Yeah, I I gotta say, like, my success rate of that technique was very, like, the conversion rate on that was extremely poor. I don't (laughs) recommend it as a dating technique.
3: (laughs) I would have thought guys would have been like, yes, let's date. So, what is the one thing you do on a day to day basis with your clients, Maggie?
0: You know, if you look at the common thread of everything I do, you know, it's communications, it's storytelling, but so much of what I actually do is about giving people permission and the confidence to go out there, tell their story, own it, and to not be scared of, using their voice. I, you know, people often talk about finding your voice. I don't think you need to find your voice. You need to just be okay with using it. And that really is what everything I do does. Like whether it's helping them figure out out, um, you know, the right words to use in an email right through to how can they extend themselves to try to become a contributor on a leading website. A lot of it's just, hey, I take their hand and say, come on, it's not that hard. Let's do this.
1: All right. So let's talk about storytelling, Meg. I know you're big on this and you focus on this. So what do you think stands between people and telling great stories? Why should they be telling great stories? What's your advice on that?
0: So I think we have this kind of worldview of storytelling that it needs to be this hero's journey. It needs to be this epic rags to riches type story. And if we don't have that kind of, you know, we don't have a story like Kamanzi about delivering bread we kind of go, oh, well, I'm not that interesting. And we start to dismiss it out of turn. So I done a lot of work with my clients and creating a system where we look at other things beside your personal story. You know, how can you take your customers and turn them into the hero? How can you take a stand on trends and issues in your industry? How can you create bridges with your clients and potential clients for them to say, hey, they're just like me, because not everyone has this tragic backstory or, you know, this big thing they had to overcome. Sometimes we're just smart people running businesses, and it doesn't have to be that deep.
2: So back up a second and tell me more about turning the customer into the hero. What does that mean? And how do you do it? And when you know if you need to go beyond that, like you just said?
0: You know, honestly, if I could have like run the world and choose everyone's stories, this is the one story I would have every single business tell because it's truly where you can communicate what's different about you, what your competitive advantage is and do it in a way that's actually believable. We spend a lot of times talking about our accomplishments. Oh, look at me, I did this and this. And yes, we should totally own that. But it's so much better to have your clients talking about how they were successful because how you were able to help them, how you've been able to transform something. You know, what is the before and after? So, you know, we spend a lot of times on things like quotes, but how can we up that game? How can we include those in our podcast episodes? our case studies on our website, how can we always give that opportunity to let our clients really shine and let them be successful? And, you know, our clients really are happy to do those things for us because it makes them look like a total rock star.
1: Maggie, would you real quick, would you be willing to tell your hero's journey? Oh, my hero's journey is really, really long. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the sweet and condensed Dave Matthews song. Oh,
0: goodness. You definitely don't want me to sing. Goodness, that is just (laughs) not (laughs) a gift. It's
1: possible some people aren't familiar with your work, so maybe you can catch them up. So,
0: you know, basically the short version is I always wanted to do two things growing up, be an entrepreneur and be a writer. I quickly dabbled with the idea of going to medical school until I realized I really suck at science and math is not my strong suit. Words are my thing. So, you know, I checked all the boxes. I went to you know, graduate from high school, went and did my BA, went and did it a, you know, postgraduate program, did all these different things. And I followed right into normal career job working in PR agency, but I always knew there was a master plan. I was leaving. So when I went on my maternity leave with my son, and that was uh, 11 years ago now, I packed up my office and I said, if you need the space while I'm gone, that's okay. Because I knew I wasn't coming back. And I literally just never went back. And once I was done maternity leave, I started my own business. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have clients. I didn't have anything. But I knew I had two things, the hustle, and I had the personal network and the connections from working in the PR agency for so long. And I just, I literally focused on making it happen.
1: Now, I'd like to focus on that just for a moment, come Because I mean, there are people who are listening right now who are thinking that I want to responsibly do what you've done, Maggie? What advice do you have? How do you do that, but be responsible and have a plan?
0: So, you know, I think one of the things is we tend to have two personalities when we come down to the, you know, the big decision, quitting the job, you know, going after your dreams. And you tend to do what I do is like, you just pull the ripcord, jump out of the plane and try to make it work. Or you're so planned. Everything is so agonized that you're never going to do it. And I think it's really important to find a happy medium of taking some risk, but not taking on so much risk that you're gonna be operating from a place of scarcity and fear all the time. So you know, make a plan, set a deadline, be realistic about the finances involved. I mean, hey, if you have a baby, your baby needs diapers. So that's gotta come first. But at a certain point, you're gonna to have to say, okay, I am okay with a little bit more risk Let me try this. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to fail. Well, you can go get another career. You can go get another job. Life will carry on. There's always another way to make more money.
3: And one thing you hit on is you talked about the hustle. And you have hustled. You've gotten to this point. Jared and I are interviewing you. We're big fans. We're stalking you when you don't know it. (laughs) Should I be
0: scared? Uh,
1: but I'm not allowed in Canada currently. Yeah. So, <laughs> and
3: Jared thought I was talking Taylor Swift a while ago, so I don't know. Maybe you should. But <laughs> you talked about the hustle. Now that you've reached this point, you've been featured on some cool sites and you've been in some cool places. How do you stay humble? And what would you tell your clients or just anybody about staying humble after you've achieved success?
0: You know, here's the thing. I love that you asked this question because you see this all the time. Like people just get drunk on their own Kool-Aid. And, you know, here's the thing. I live in a 500 person town in the middle of nowhere. No one here cares (laughs) what I do. No one here cares what I'm actually like. Oh, you were on the Huffington Post. That's kind of cool. They'll see it on Facebook. But honestly, I still have to fold the laundry. I still have to make grilled cheese. Um, you know, my whole identity isn't tied up in an accomplishment. And I really, I'm grateful to my parents for that because they always separated the accomplishment from like, you know, our actual self-worth. So I think it's important to not get tied up in that. And I think sometimes you you can cross over and you'll start to feel a little, a little full of yourself and you need to have a little chat with yourself and bring yourself back down to earth and say like, Hey, okay, you know what? These are just things. If these are all gone, it doesn't matter.
3: Have you ever had to tell one of your clients that?
0: Oh, yeah. And it's interesting. I really find with, especially the type of clients I work with now, I tend to attract people that aren't celebrity personalities. It's more me having to push them into the spotlight versus them being the spotlight and me having to pull them out. And I think that's just personality type. I tend to work with people who are more introverted, um, definitely more reserved, focus a lot on listening, and they really need that kick to get out the
1: door. You know, Maggie, I want to bring this up is is there are some people out there who are introverted, but they feel like there is a core message that they want to share. So what encouragement do you have for that person that's listening to this thinking that's me?
0: I think there's two things. Number one, you know, I'm an introvert, too, so I totally get it. And a lot of days I would rather not do these things, but I understand the end game. So get really clear on the goal and why you're doing it. And then the second part is find ways to kind of preserve your energy so that when you need to be what I call extroverted by necessity, like I am right now,
1: <laughs> I will,
0: the rest of the evening, I will literally like not talk to anybody because I'll be like, "Whoa, that was a lot of energy. But find a way to make extroversion by necessity work for you. Don't let the introversion and your kind of natural tendency to want to go inward hold you back
1: fold laundry after interviews. (laughs) Exactly.
3: So um, Maggie, both you and I agree that if you want to stand out today, you really have to have an opinion. You really have to separate yourself that way. How can someone figure out how to do that? And in a way where they don't come off as like a jerk or angry or conversational, and I'm even thinking specifically, like, do you touch hot button topics? And especially on social media, do you leave those alone or do you state your opinion?
0: So it's all, you know, this is going to come down to what kind of business you run. I run a communications business. So the things I want to take a stand on are always going to be related to communications. In Jules's case, she really focuses on customer experience. So she's going to focus in that bucket. And I think if you can kind of get really clear on what that sandboxes you play in and really what kind of stories you need to own, it helps rein you in. You know, I personally am not going to be out there talking about my political beliefs. I have been known to as a politics major, but, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, those aren't the things that you're going to find on my personal blog. So you need to kind of find a way. And I always run clients through like three really simple questions to help them find the things that might be good for them to take a stand on. Number one, what things do you want to see change in your industry? What things do you want to see stop? And what do you feel is not being said? You know, taking a stand just comes down to those three core questions. And if you literally can just sit with post-it notes or journaling or whatever, and really reflect on those, I feel really confident you can find a way to take a stand on something. And always try to be productive, you know, don't cross over to angry territory. This is something I have to watch because I tend to be pretty feisty by nature and want to like, you know, I've got fire in my belly and I have to kind of pull back and say, okay, don't do it. Don't say that. That's not within your bucket. No one needs
2: to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maggie, you You wrote a blog post a few weeks ago about something that had, you know, you were fired up about a few things for online business owners. And the way that you presented it was just it was feisty, but it was also really relatable. And I don't think you necessarily made anyone upset. But you definitely stated your opinion. Do you have any like, how do you do that? (laughs) How do you say it? that way where you get people kind of engaged in the process without really drawing sides.
0: I'm glad you brought up that post Jules cuz I like agonized over that. I sent it to like my project manager, sent it to a couple other people. I'm like have I gone too far? And there was two things I think I did in that post, you know, that were actually very smart. Is number 1, I set up front, you may not agree with me, but hey, we're all grown up so we can still be friends. Right. So I'm basically saying like, I don't expect everyone to agree with me, but this is what's on my heart right now. And this is what I believe to be true. And the second part is always try to focus on like a positive outcome of how we can change, how we can react differently, how we can be more informed instead of just being like, this really, really, really sucks and is driving me mad. The
2: end. Right.
1: (laughs) Maggie, I just received my first, I think it was a one star review on my book in Amazon and they Comment was not very kind. So, what advice do you have for me?
2: You know what? (laughs) Fuck (laughs) up, camper. Um, Isn't that when you know you've made it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When you finally get a one-star review.
0: Yeah,
1: Uh, that's what I was hoping
0: you. You know what? Every (laughs) every piece of feedback has value in it, unless they're crazy or insane, and that way, which case, sometimes you can you know Google them and find out if they're legit or not. (laughs)
1: To to Jules' point, it did feel like an "I've made it" moment. You know, somebody actually cared enough to be critical. So, all right. Let's talk about productivity. We brought this up earlier, and and Jules is being productive. She's got her new website coming out real soon, so she's doing amazing things. But you're doing amazing things too, Maggie. I've I've seen you know some of the stuff that you're working on with Facebook, other than the uh, political posts. And then I wonder if you're some type of robot or you just don't sleep. How do you get everything done? How do you stay so productive?
0: Oh, I'm a high intensity person by nature. (laughs) But I, you know, the one thing is I have really and if I would say there's any success I can point to in my business in last year is. I've really learned how to systematize, I've learned how to delegate, and I have learned how to hire people that are way better at things than I am. Because I like to think I know these things, but I don't. I don't need to know how to run Infusionsoft. I have someone who's way smarter about that, who can figure it out. I just say, here's the vision for what we want to do. Here's a picture of my post-it note. Let's figure it out. <laughs> and I mean, just operating within those systems and frameworks, lets, gives me the time I need to serve my clients and create the next big thing. So what is the next big thing for you, Maggie? Oh, if only I knew Jules.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Didn't we have this conversation the other day? We did. Well, you're always launching something. I feel like I'm always like on edge trying to figure out what you're going to be launching next.
0: You know, I think for me, the real thing is I'm really kind of, you know, I've got some really specific things I want to do about storytelling to enable more people to access it. Because right now it's a one on one service. And you know, it's not at a price point that everyone can swing. And I feel really strongly that we need to be doing that. And then, you know, how do I, as a communicator, how do I participate in a different type of conversation and what's out there? I don't want to be in a conversation about copywriting. And should you use this or that? I want to be in a conversation about like, how to do communications in a way that's really, really smart, and is helping your business's
2: bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're there. (laughs) I think you're working on it.
0: Always, jewels. there's post-its everywhere with ideas all the time. It's scary. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so how do you decide then what to focus on? Because I know you can see something and you want to do it and it might seem like that's the right path. How do you decide what you are going to work on next?
0: I had my very first foray into the online world. I got like a, I am so grateful this happened. I decided, like so many of us do, I was going to start with my online program because, you know, I'm good at what I do. And I got slapped outside the head when I had exactly one person register.
3: (laughs) And that (laughs) really made me
0: think, huh, it's not as easy as everyone says. It's not all cookie cutter, follow this formula. You can't do this, even if you have experience. So I literally went back to the very beginning and I started listening to my customers. What do my customers and my prospects really, really, really need? What is the hole in the market? And, you know, last fall, I noticed with my customers and my clients and my community that No one really knew how to handle the customer proof part of this. How do you make a customer into here? This sounds good, Maggie. So I created a small product to fill that need. So a lot of it's listening and really figuring out how I can best serve it and then going out and testing it. I think, you know, you need to treat your business as a big experiment. If you get too tied to we must, you know, achieve X. I'm always like, hey, let's test this and correct. Let's test and test and test. It's a lab for real time innovation.
3: After nearly ten years in business, what's one thing that's kind of surprised you after all this time?
0: Oh my gosh, the never stopping learning—it's—it's <laughs> <laughs> it's endless. You know, I honestly think like we're never done learning. I'm always reading something new, listening to something new. I'm um, seeking out different points of view, really looking outside our industry, and you know, really trying to see what's coming. i um, There's always a need to innovate and be creative because if you just kind of keep doing the same thing year over year over year, people are just going to burn out and be tired of your message. Got to keep everyone on their toes.
1: That's why the listeners should uh, definitely check out the Marketing Moxie podcast, right? Because you keep everybody on their toes there.
0: (laughs) It's a podcast of its own thing. I invented the podcast I wanted to listen to that was really, really short and there was no banter. We don't talk about anyone's backstory. (laughs) We get right down to business. (laughs) <laughs> so what are the questions? Yeah, okay, this is what we need to do, and then I'm like, everyone go do it.
1: <laughs> Alright, as we start to wrap up, Maggie, who's doing something that interests you?
0: This is gonna sound I love what Jules is doing and Jules oh. and I are really, really good friends, but like I she the way she's approaching things right now really makes me happy and I'm glad she's saying it. And you know, technically in another dimension, I guess Jules and I are competitors, but we don't play it that way.
1: No. Now how cool is that? Let's talk about that. So you guys are potentially competitors, but yeah, here we are on this conversation. That's cool.
2: It's interesting. Just yesterday or 2 days ago, we were talking about the conversations that we want to be in and Maggie and I both mentioned we don't want to be in the copywriting conversation anymore, even though both of us do some copywriting. But it's not the it's kind of an add-on service for me, at least I'll, I won't speak for you Maggie, but it's not the foundation of the work that I do for my clients. And I think that shift, I'm starting to see the people that I'm interested in out there are making a shift like that they're not doing the main thing they're doing sort of a really niche offering and then oh by the way you know they do copywriting but it's based it's built upon something
3: bigger how did you two meet
2: (laughs) how did we meet we met in a group program oh yeah that's right we met in that seo program
3: (laughs) i was totally wondering
2: like yeah
0: we met there we just kind of like you know we're i would say we were adjacent at the time we're like oh hey and then we actually met in person last year at new media expo and like it was like Meeting my long-lost sister or
2: something. <laughs> Margaritas always help that. Yes,
1: always. Uh, I was hoping you'd say Jules left you a one-star rating on Amazon.
2: <laughs> I don't have a book for her
0: to review, so I'm safe. Yet. <laughs> yet. Oh, yes, come on. Yes, one yes. thing at a time, people.
1: So, <laughs>
3: Jared, the, the number one question I always get asked Jared is, how did Jared and I meet? And I'm like, dude, I don't remember. How do we meet Jared?
1: Well, it must have been the SEO group. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that We... Actually, it's funny. This is a podcast interview, and Kamanzi and approached me and said, hey, may I be a guest on your podcast? And yeah, so that's how we started a connection. So I think the takeaway there, and I'd love to hear uh, Jules and Maggie's opinion on this is, if you don't ask, you don't get. That doesn't mean you ask. Uh, Kamandi actually just wrote an article about this: is when to ask. Like your mom always tells you, if, you know, you should ask, but sometimes it's not right to ask. Hey, Kamandi, can you touch on that just for a minute? Because I think that was yeah, really good. That, that was the title of the
3: article it was in Entrepreneur magazine. It was called "Your Mom Was Wrong: Sometimes It Does Hurt to Ask." And pretty much the gist of that, <laughs> Maggie and uh, Jules, was that what I'm seeing now, and just getting a little bit of exposure here with Jared. The number, like people, as soon as they meet me, the very first email is, hey, can I be on Star of the Doubts? Hey, introduce me to your editor at the Huffington Post. Hey, uh. how do you sell all these books? And it's not, hi, it's not, how are you? It's not anything. It's that. And, you know, the article basically said that if you're asked to where your relationship is, you risk alienating that entrepreneur. Um, it's kind of like, in essence, you're meeting somebody saying, hi, what's your name? And then asking him for a kiss on the lips. And so that that's what it was all about.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I'd love to hear Jules and Maggie on that topic. I
0: can't agree with it more. I actually, this was something I talked about a few weeks ago on my blog, because I call it sleeping, trying to sleep your way to the top. And I think because we're online, you know, you don't, no one wants to do the seduction before they, you know, cut right to the chase. They're like, they just go right to it. They're like, hey, let's jump in bed. And it's like, no, I don't even know who you are. You gotta woo me a little bit
1: more. Yeah, let, let's be in the SEO group first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's hang
0: out. <laughs> then we'll go to New Media Expo and have some margaritas, and then
2: we'll go from there and see what happens.
1: Good call. <laughs> what do you think, Dule?
2: Yeah, I think you um, know, just continue on with the uh, sexual references here, <laughs> <I would> say, <laughs> as we should on our family yeah, right? show. <laughs> yes. I same thing. Like you're trying to hit home run on the first date, <laughs> and it doesn't always it doesn't always work. So yeah, really good point, Kwanzi.
3: And so, Maggie and Jules, this brings up another question then. And we'll start with you, Maggie. If somebody was going to try to connect with you in a good way, whether it's through email, social media, like what would be like that good first initial contact with you?
0: Well, flattery. Especially if
1: they don't know you. you
0: Always know. Flattery, flattery will get me. No, no, in all seriousness, you know, probably the people I connect with the most, they make a point of being active in my Facebook group, the Marketing Moxie group. We hang, you know, we get to know each other, we hang out there. And then when people ask me for things, I'm cool. And no one handed any of us anything on a silver platter. And I kind of feel like
2: you should be respectful of the hard work other people put in. Yep, totally agree. I think when people show up in your life more than once, if someone asks for you something from you the first time they meet you, I just ignore it. (laughs) If someone shows up in your life two or three times, and maybe even just helps you or makes a suggestion to you and then asks you for something, at least it's some, you know, you've got a little backstory to consider.
1: I think that's pretty good advice. All right. Jules, we're in the we wrap up section. So, here. so Maggie, where is
2: the best place for <laughs> listeners to connect with you online? The best place to connect with me online is two places at my digital home base, where
0: I like to call it all things Maggie are happening at maggiepatterson.com. And it's Patterson with two T's. And of course, if you're a podcast listener over on the marketing Moxie show.
3: And so Ma- Maggie wrapping up here, do you have any final and really exciting thoughts for the listeners?
0: Oh my gosh, don't be afraid to tell your story. It's your story, but it's also the story of your customers. It's the story of your industry. It's the story of your trends. So just step into that and be okay. And not every story you tell is going to land, but get out there and really kind of test and see what connects with your audience. You might be surprised at what they really grab onto.
1: All right. So Maggie, we appreciate you taking time to talk with Jules and Kamandi and I today. And as we mentioned, people can go over and check out the Marketing Moxie podcast or also check you out over at your site, maggiepatterson.com. Best wishes to you and all things coming up this year with your business. Uh, Thank you again.
0: Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, I think one of the things is we tend to have two personalities when we come down to the, you know, the big decision, quitting the job, you know, going after your dreams. And you tend to do what I do is like you just pull the ripcord, jump out of the plane and try to make it work. Or you're so planned, everything is so agonized that you're never going to do it. And I think it's really important to find a happy medium of taking some risk, but not taking on so much risk. That you're going to be operating from a place of scarcity and fear all the time. So.